because if kids grow up hearing that their parents had problems and God could solve them, when their way gets hard, they know how to look to God. Hey, welcome to Night Church, the Friday evening service of Praxis, the young adult ministry of the Loma Linda University Church. You're going to be hearing some great sermons, testimonies on this podcast that are going to encourage and deepen your faith. We are so excited that you're here, and I hope you enjoy this sermon, and so much so that you share it with someone that you love. Welcome. everyone. You all said that like you had a rough week. I'm going to give you another chance. Even if you had a rough week, uh, put all your, all your excitement, your joy, your hopes for next week in this next good evening. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Oh, that's so good. Thank you so much. And some of you all are smiling. If I could get at least like 20 smiles right now, it'll make me feel a lot better. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, I thought my glasses were clean until I got in all of these lights. So excuse me for a second. I am so excited to be here. I'm gonna just set these here. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. Thank you, Pastor Kelly and Pastor Philip, uh, for this opportunity uh, to be here with you all. Is anybody else excited to be here? Can I get a whoop whoop? Yes, yes, yes. Today I am talking to you with a message entitled How to Handle History. And I want to read in your hearing Joshua chapter 4. And I'm going to read verses 21 and 22. It says, He said to the Israelites, In the future, when your descendants ask their parents, What do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. Would you all pray with me? Our gracious Heavenly Father, God, we praise you that you have brought us through another week. We thank you that you have kept us, and we thank you that you have met us here. God, we ask that you would speak, that you would move, that you would have your way, and help us to be able to give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. I remember when I was back in college, I had a hard time for the first couple of years. And part of that was because I had done some stupid stuff in high school. And I had the hardest time getting past my past. It was hard to be in church. It was hard to be out of church. It was hard to remember all of the things that I had been through. It was hard to forgive. It was hard to believe that I had been forgiven. And real talk, if there was an Andrea History Month and I had to remember my past, the guilt and anxiety alone would have taken me out. I had to learn how to process my past. I had to learn how to handle history. And I know that uh, all of us have uh, stories that sometimes can be uh, a little deep, a little hard. And so when we look back and, and see dark days behind us, some trying times in our past, often we don't know what to do with it. How do we handle our history, especially when it's painful? And so 
I am not just talking about our history uh, as a community, but even our own personal past individually. What do we do when our story is sorted? What do we do when our history is harrowing? I am so glad you asked because the Bible has answers for us today. The Bible is big on remembering and it teaches us how to handle history. Israel was oppressed and uh, they were in slavery, but they always heard of deliverance and now it was coming. Through a magnificent show of power, God was bringing them out of slavery. And as they were leaving Egypt, they could hear the rumble of the chariots. They could hear the beat of the horses' hooves tapping on the pavement and they turned and they looked back. They look back towards slavery. They look back towards the enemy. They look back to where they had come from. And because they didn't know how to handle their history, it almost jacked them up. As they look back, they got stuck. They didn't know what they were going to do. And even Moses told them to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. But when Moses prays to God and tells him what is going on, God himself answers Moses. We find this in Exodus chapter 14, verse 15. It says, and the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. While they were standing still and looking backward, God told them, I need you to go forward. It is so easy to get stuck in the past. And even though God told them to move forward, even though God had made a way out of no way, even though he opened up the Red Sea and allowed them to cross over on dry land, they were still stuck in Egypt. Yes, they moved forward with their feet, but they didn't move forward with their focus. They kept talking about Egypt and how good it was to be in slavery. They kept talking about how they wished they were still in Egypt. Slavery in Egypt is better than freedom in the wilderness. Remember the flesh pots of Egypt? Remember the fish fries and the melons? Remember the leeks and the onions? Man, I could really go for some Egyptian barbecue. God was trying to take them to a land of milk and honey where the grapes were the size of their heads. He wanted them to eat from gardens that they didn't have to plant, but they longed to go back to gardens that they had to plant but could not eat from. They were so stuck in the past. God said, I'm going to have to lay some people down. God allowed a whole generation to go to sleep before he could bring them into the promise. He's like, I can only take those with me who are ready to move forward. Now, I know that we're celebrating Black History Month, but it is also my prayer that God will get me fit for the future. And I pray that is your prayer too. God, make us fit for the future. God, whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me. I want to be fit. I want to be prepared. I want to be ready for the next move of God. 
you all already know that the world is different. It's constantly changing, and there are some new things emerging, and I want to be prepared for what is to come. I don't want to just celebrate history. I don't want to just study history. I'm out here trying to make history, and I pray that you are too. Fast forward with me 40 years. Here Joshua stands with a new group of people. He has the young people with him, a new generation of Israelites, and they are poised and ready to take the promised land. But before they get there, they have to cross the Jordan. But it's springtime, and uh, they cannot cross in the normal places they would normally cross. The river is high, and they would need a supernatural act of God to make it across. And God decides to part the Jordan so that they can walk over on dry land. But God tells Joshua, listen, appoint 12 men who, as they are going across will pick up 12 large stones get them out of the middle of the Jordan when they are crossing over and when they get to the other side tell them to build a memorial with these stones even though they were making history God still had them focusing on forward let's read our verse again verse 21 he said to the Israelites in the future when your descendants, when your young people, when your young adults ask, what do these stones mean? Tell them Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. He said in the future, your children are going to have questions. They're going to say, why are we doing this? Why are those stones here? They're going to have questions. Is this still necessary? It's been a very long time. Why do we even celebrate Black History Month again? What does all this mean? Can't we just get along? Aren't we past this? And so number one, I uh, believe that in their move forward, God was trying to create some crucial conversations around their history. One of the ways that God teaches us on how to handle our history is to talk about it. God wanted to spark dialogue between generations. He wants you to ask questions. He wants you to uh, have discussions. He wanted to drive conversations because as you process the past, you learn and pick up lessons for the future. This whole assignment was designed with the future in mind, but he helped them reframe what they had been through. He helped them look at the past in a different way. Verse 23, it says, for the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He said, when they ask you, You've got to let them know that this is a memorial to a miracle. It was to commemorate what God had done. It was to let them know that God was a repeat defender, that he was a deliverer, that he was a provider, and that he wants to do it again. 
God was saying, just like I did at the Red Sea, I did it again the first time they crossed over on dry land. And when they came up on the same situation, I was still there. I was ready. I was willing and able to do it again. He didn't want them to forget. So he told them, make a memorial to their miracle. I don't know about you, but I feel like uh, sometimes I keep coming up on these same situations over and over again. It feels like cycles. Sometimes we have the same problems over and over again. As a matter of fact, when these things keep happening, I want you all to know that God has you. Uh, God is the same God who got you through last year's Valentine's season, and God will get you through this year's Valentine's season. Look at the past and understand that you have been through this before. Now, you all miss your place to say amen. I didn't say you experienced this before. I said that you got through this before. That means the same God who brought you through, the same God who brought me through, the same God who brought your family through is the same God with the same heart and the same power to bring you through again. We serve a God that's in the habit of making ways out of no ways. Do you know they've even done studies on this? Children who come from families who share the troubles that they've gone through and the way that they made it over, they are the ones who grow up to be more resilient, the ones who have memorials to their miracles, the ones who have on uh, uh, on the shelf the Bible that stopped the bullet during the war, the ones who, who uh, uh, framed the first dollar that we made when we came to this country when I was sleeping on a couch in the the back room, the ones who can look back and say, this is the scarf that I wore through chemotherapy over and over again because if kids grow up hearing that their parents had problems and God could solve them, when their way gets hard, they know how to look to God. I had a family call me to the bedside of their dying mother. And as they gathered, they wanted me to pray for her. The long life that she lived was etched in the deep wrinkles of her face. You could see it in the uh, worn folds of her skin as it hung from her frail bones. We gathered around. We worshiped and mother sang a little bit and praised. And and the children uh, who were well-grown, they were telling stories of their mother. She was a single mother, and she had a lot more mouths than money every single month. And she had to figure out a way that she was going to provide for these children. And there were many times that uh, when they got hungry, she would tell them, go look in the sewing tin and get some money out and go buy a loaf of bread. And they said they would hate when she told them that because they already knew that they used up all the money in the sewing tin last time. But she would say, go look. And so they would go look. They would see that it was empty and say, mama, there's no money in the sewing tin. 
And mama would begin to pray, God, I believe you. You said that you would keep us. You said that you would provide for us. And we are believing. And so we need some money in the sewing tent. Go back and look and see if there's anything in the sewing tent. They go back and look, mama. There's still no money in the sewing tent. And she would begin praying more and more and longer and longer. And they all agreed. They all told me, they said, Pastor, our mother would pray until money appeared in the sewing tent. It appeared in the sewing tent. They would take it out, go buy bread. And they saw God over and over again do this miracle for them. Can you imagine when they came up on times that they needed God to come through, when they needed God to make a way out of no way, where it just had to come out of thin air. They had seen God do it so many times they knew that he would and that he could. They already knew that God was a provider. They already knew that when they came up on a problem, God was the one that would solve them. They already knew. That's how you handle your history. You use your history, what God has brought you through. You use that to strengthen you for the future. Ellen White says something like this. We have nothing to fear for the future except as we shall forget the way the Lord has led us. That's why it's important to have a memorial to your miracle. It helps you uh, uh, be encouraged by the olden days, powered by your past, boosted by your background. We've got to take an inventory and see how God has led us in the past, how he covered us, how he kept us in storms and sickness, through hurts and hurdles, through trials and tribulations. He kept us and never left us, and he brought us through, and God can do it again. He can do it if you're battling cancer. He can do it if you're battling to get financially cleared. He can do it when you're at the top of the class and he can do it when you still have that exam to pass. He can do it when you have a boo and he can do it if it's only you. He can do it. It's no secret what God can do. What he did back then, he can do again for you. That's why it's so important to have a memorial for your miracles. Do you all have any memorials for your miracles? I have, I have one. I have several, actually. Uh, but one is a scrapbook. And in my scrapbook, uh, I started a scrapbook to help me remember. And in my scrapbook, I put a picture of my ultrasound so that I could tell the story of how when they told me that I was pregnant, they said that I was going to have to terminate the pregnancy because the baby was in the wrong place. So I got good news and bad news all on the same day. I didn't even know that I was pregnant. And uh, I was kind of devastated, like, no, y'all are not taking my baby. And they were saying uh, the baby was not in the womb. It was in the fallopian tube. And they needed to act quickly. And I, 
I was, it was just so much. And I said, how long do we have to make a decision? They said, we need to do something in the next seven days. And so I said, well, give me seven days. And I'm going to pray that God moves the baby to where it needs to be. And if God does, I get to keep my baby. And they said, okay, but if the baby is in the same place, we are going to have to terminate. And so over that next seven days, we were pleading and praying and faithing and fasting. And when I came back a week later, y'all, God moved and so did that baby. And this is a memorial to the miracle that God was making a way out of no way. And I get excited when we talk about miracles. I get excited because the past tells you what is possible. It is your launching pad to onward and upward. Now, this is not in my script, but can I tell y'all one more testimony? Because the last time I was here a couple weeks ago at Anthem, I told you all a story about uh, my friend who was healed from cancer. Yesterday, another friend told us how she was diagnosed with breast cancer. And she was in the exam room, the, they were, the radiation. God was literally healing her while they were doing the test. They were watching the cancer disappear. Do you all hear the words that I'm saying to you right now? The radiation technician just kept saying, what kind of God do you serve? What kind of God do you serve? It had changed so much. The doctor kept saying, is this the same person? This cannot be the same person because God, they literally watched the God that we serve bring healing in the testing room. They watched the cancer go away. This is the God that we serve. And I sent that testimony last night to my friend whose doctor called her and said, I know you were supposed to come in in some months, but we need you in tomorrow because it is very serious. And she said, I need you to pray with me. They're saying it's serious. But what I know is that God is serious about me and God is serious about my healing. And she texted me. She went there and it was a good report today. God is still up to the same thing, healing people while they're yet in the doctor's office. And I am just excited that God is doing it. He hasn't stopped. And there is somebody in here tonight who needs to hear that God is still in the healing business and what he did for them. He can do for you. He can do for your mother. He can do for your auntie. He can do for your uh, father and your uncle, the ones that you have been praying for. God is saying he is here. He hears you and he is bringing healing. We look at history to be educated and inspired by history. The Bible was big on history, not just for history's sake, but it was because we are to be admonished by it, instructed by it. We are to be inspired by it. It is to incite us to go forward. It's dangerous to think that our best days are behind us. No matter how old you are, some of you all were amazing in high school, but you have to go higher still. You can't get stuck looking back. Ask Lot's wife. Well, you can't, and that's exactly my point. 
She thought her best was behind her and she got stuck because she was looking back. Your best days are ahead of you. Even Jesus, when he was with his disciples, he told them, listen, I know things are good, but I'm expecting you all to do greater things, greater works than you were doing with me when I go to the Father. I'm looking for you to go onward and upward. And so that means even though we've seen some success, this is not the time to rest. Though we have had some joy, we still have a job. Glory that we've been blessed, but hold on because we still have to press. Even though we are homeward, we still have some homework. Yes, we've had some accomplishments, but we still have an assignment. We can praise him for the promise, but we still have to live out our purpose. Hallelujah. Hallelujah for the father's benefits, but we still have to be about our father's business. And thank God we're not alone. If he did it before, he can do it again. Same God right now is the same God from back then. The same God that got you in school is the same God that'll keep you through school. The same God that gave you life is the same God that'll keep you when you want to take your life. The same God that gave you a dream is the same God that will help you accomplish that thing. This is a word today because it's the same God. What he did for Martin, he can do for Miguel. What he did for Malcolm, he could do for Malik. What he did for Rosa, he can do for Regina. What he did for a Sojourner, he can do for Shaniqua. What he did for Barack, he can do for Bernard. What he did for Harriet, he can do for Haley. What he did for Kamala, he can do for Karen. What he did back in the day, he can still break out today. It's the same God, Jesus Christ the same. Yesterday, today and forever. And he is showing us who he is so that as we go forward, we can know we are not just to celebrate history, but God is calling us to make history. As the musicians begin to play, I want some of you, I want all of you actually, to think about something you can do as a memorial of some of the miracles that God has made in your life. If it's a bill, if it is a letter of a relationship God delivered you from, if it is uh, an ultrasound, whatever it is, I want you to grab a hold of a memorial and remember the miracle over the next week. Uh, for those of you who are saying, you know what, I'm gonna I'm I'm try. I'm gonna try to get a memorial and begin to remember what God is doing. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand because we're about to pray together. Hallelujah, I see a few hands, I see, okay. Amen, gracious heavenly Father, we thank you. Our hands are raised in part in praise because you have made a miracle in our life, many miracles. And Father, we want to say thank you.
And Lord, sometimes things get heavy and things get a lot and we are focused on the now and we have forgotten how you have brought us through every other thing that has come our way. But today we just want to stop and give you praise. Today we just want to say thank you. Today we just want to say, God, we love you. Today we just want to say uh, uh, we appreciate you because you've brought us, you've kept us. Lord, I pray that you would give us courage to have some critical conversations. God, I pray that there would be intergenerational conversations going on. God, as we talk about the past, give us wisdom as we forge our future. And Lord, be with us as we make memorials to the miracles. Thank you for still being a way maker and a miracle worker. We love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you, Praxis. Hey, thank you so much for joining us for the Night Church podcast. We really are excited for where we're going, and you can help us in that mission. There's a few things that you can do. Number one is just stay connected. So if you want to follow up what's going on in the young adult ministry here at Loma Linda University Church, follow us on Instagram at Praxis Ministry. And then the other way to really build from this is to financially contribute. Your donations make such a big impact. And so if you go to lluc.org give, you can connect with Praxis Ministry there on a one-time gift or a reoccurring commitment. It makes such a difference. Well, we love you, care for you, and may God bless you richly as you take theory and make it into practice.